Welcome to the Scandinavian Mind podcast, our weekly show about how technology is changing the creative industries. Today on the program, we go all in on our new print issue. This week is the launch of our fourth annual print magazine, and we gather to talk about the themes, the contents, and contributors that go into this edition of Scandinavian Mind. We will talk about our two cover stories with Dang Ho and Joel Hellermark. This year's theme, virtual creativity, how AI and 3D technologies are behind the visual stories. We'll also take a look behind the scenes of creating a print magazine in the year 2023. And we have a special gift for our listeners at the end of the show. My name is Konrad Olsson, editor-in-chief and founder of Scandinavian Mind. And I'm sitting here in the podcast studio of our headquarters at Helio Coworking Space in Stockholm with... Uh, my dear colleagues Erik Sedin and a rare appearance by our creative director Erik Olofsson. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thank you very much. Nice to be here again. Can we, can, can we, uh, Erik? Can we get Erik Sedin? Can we, can we start with a little uh, print fanfare? Just to prove that we're sitting here with uh, with a copy each of our new print magazine. Came yesterday from the printers. We're recording this on a Tuesday. Um, What's your what's your first impressions, guys? Erik, uh, how about you? Uh, first impression is always uh, like uh, uh, I'm I'm scared, I'm nervous <laughs> uh, uh, to to uh, navigate through this slowly and to kind of uh, make sure that everything is all right. And uh, uh, this is sort of the first flick through. Uh, I just got this in my hands right now. Uh, but okay, so uh, I'll I'll have to get back to you. Uh, <laughs> you well, you guys start. That that's why we have this show, Eric Sedin. What, what what's the what's the impressions when you open this magazine? Uh, I remember how we joked about it last time. How our last issue, number three, was like my third child. So oh, yeah, yeah. I see it as perfect. There's no imperfections. It's perfect the way it is. This is my fourth uh, magazine with my name on it on a physical magazine. And I still, I'm still kind of like romanticizing about it. I, I have a hard time finding anything wrong about it still. Uh, it's, very, it's very exciting for me still. Um, and a great, great, great issue this one. And you are also uh, uh, debuting with a cover story this time. You wrote the story with Dang Ho, which we'll, which we'll get into. Mm, yeah. And so that's uh, uh, personally for me quite big. And I feel... Uh, very proud. I love to hear that, and thank you, Eric, for bringing that positivity. I think uh, me, I've been doing this for <laughs> you know <laughs> closer to twenty years. There's always this kind of uh, uh, hesitation, as as Eric alluded to, when you open it and you feel like what what there's something uh, you know there's always something that you you got wrong, uh, and I love your your positive energy. Uh, I bet you, Sadine, you're uh, since you're a child of the internet, you probably you probably don't know that we can't change anything now. <laughs> <laughs> on the paper, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that we can't update yeah, yeah, it. No. Well, let's talk about that for a second because you know why do a print magazine in this day and age? Uh, and people who follow us probably follow us mostly online through our newsletter, maybe through our social channels, maybe through this podcast feed, all of which is uh, are, are distributed digitally. Uh, but every once in a while, we do this print magazine, and, and and you know that is partly I think because of of our backgrounds. Maybe me and Eric Olofsson, uh, as founders of of this brand, we have a background in print production. We we are at that age that that worked professional with this almost full time, uh, way back when. And uh, but but it begs the question because. Um, 
And just a short reflection, I was at the Barry School of Communication uh, lecturing the other week, uh, talking about my career and talking about my role as editor-in-chief and doing magazines. And, and one of the um, students, a young woman, probably in her early 20s, uh, she raised her hand and asked quite sincerely, and I don't blame her, but she asked, what do you do? What's an editor-in-chief? And, <laughs> and that's when I realized that, okay, my role, uh, this role of being an editor-in-chief, which I've had for, for 16 years or that's, so. That's harsh, man. That's harsh. It's, it's like uh, it, it doesn't even exist anymore. I mean, for a young person growing up, at least a few years ago, people had um, young per people maybe born in, in the mid-90s where, where you're at, uh, Eric Sedin, uh, ha- still had a sense of what magazines kind of played, what, what kind of role they played in culture. Mm. Whereas I think the the, the, the the people growing up born in the early, you know, uh, aughts, like 2002, 2003, these are people who are 20, 20 years old today. I don't think they have a relationship to print at all. It's all content. I think that's interesting how you said that, and we might get into my cover, the cover story with Dang Ho later, but I, they, I remember them telling me, because they're kind of my age, they're like, we really miss, you know, the traditional media, or like, you know, they're huge on, they're, Julia, one of them, she's basically an influencer, right? She told me, like, this is so nice to get, like, your hands on something physical, so if there's anyone out there listening to this that's born in the noughties, I'm not sure, <laughs> but there's something called magazine uh, that it holds a great culture value. To many of us, I think it's exactly that. To I mean, it's it's something else than than yeah. what, what you're like, what what your uh, everyday uh, digest of of media is. And for mm. us, it's also uh, opportunity to uh, really sharpen our senses, to sharpen our craft, to do the best possible stories, to 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 uh, get in touch with uh, the talent and uh, uh, the people that we want to learn from, right? Mm. Mm. We'll keep we'll keep talking about that, Eric, because and and I want to get here from the creative director's perspective. I mean, you oversee uh, all kind of visual aspects of the brand. Uh, as we mentioned, it's probably ninety five percent digital uh, by now. Uh, when we go into a print project like this, uh, what are some of the things you are looking for or trying to uh, express or or do that's that's uniquely for this format? I think it's uh, it's about what I just said to try to to push the creativity and to learn for from uh, uh, different types of of techniques and to explore techniques and to explore uh, like mixing techniques and um, yeah really try to do 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 stuff uh, <laughs> uh, on this palette that we have. Absolutely, and and you know for us as a brand, I just add to that that. It, it really is an opportunity to celebrate everything that we stand for. We do so much. We produce so much content every week. We host our events. Uh, this, this is at least one big conference or event uh, every quarter uh, nowadays. And, and then we have the agency business, which we serve our clients with. So there's so many parts of our palette. And it feels like in the print magazine, when we do this every year, it's kind of where everything comes together. We can kind of manifest the, the entirety of it and also gives us an opportunity to celebrate and uh, we're actually doing three different uh, kind of launch events and parties to to celebrate this to to our community which I'm really excited about and and stick around for that we'll talk about that at the end of the show uh, but let's get into um, the theme of the issue which I think is very timely 
we found this headline virtual creativity i don't know exactly where that came from but but basically the the idea of the magazine was was to dive into how story how creativity is changing storytelling what does our new technologies and new tools and platforms mean for kind of the creative expression and this uh, um uh, it was the basis for researching our two cover stories, but also uh, the big special, which we call Virtual Creativity, Defining the Next Generation of Digital Storytellers. Eric Sedin, you have been working quite a lot uh, on this. Uh, we should say uh, together with uh, our, our researcher and writer, Mega Prakash. Um, can you set this up a little bit for us? What, what, what were we aiming for when, when doing this uh, list? Uh, yeah, so that's the <laughs> that's the theme of the whole magazine, virtual creativity. So uh, uh, this is kind of like the backbone of the magazine, I guess, mm. uh, the, the structure. But uh, shout out Miyagashi, uh, he was the one who basically did 95% of the research, you know, going on Instagram, going on Discord, going, you know, on the small crevices of the internet. Maybe not the dark web, but, you know, like going on comments, seeing who's tagged, who's liked this post. Because that's what I told her as the editor. I was like, I don't want these big ones, <laughs> these white guys. That I want to have some small ones that people that open a magazine have never seen before, but they can just tell, wow, they're talented uh, to, to hear what they have to say. So I'm very proud of this list. I think we ended up with 12 names in the end uh, yeah. out of, you know, <laughs> at the time we probably had like 50, 60. Uh, but we got we just got down to the, to the best ones, I believe. And, you know, it's everything from... Uh, Mustafa Sherpidin, who's like a very small, very not so known um, Norwegian artist, uh, CGI artist, who's playing around a lot in uh, Unreal Engine. We've been talking about this on this um, podcast before, which I think is very fascinating. From him to Andreas Wennestedt, who I think a lot of people who listen to this know who it is. This very like viral sensation on Instagram and Facebook because he does these uh, oddly satisfying loops of, you know, stuff coming right. together. And, you right. know, and it's really fun to hear his word on like, hey, when I started posting on Instagram, in the ve- like he was one of the first ones to do it. And how can you use these virtual platforms like Instagram? You know, it's an institution now, but back then it wasn't. And hearing him talking about NFTs and should you maybe look at Discord and stuff like that. So uh, it's kind of a map of uh, virtual creativity and its platforms and the tools these guys, these cre- creative people are using. Talk, talk about that. I, I really love the way we kind of, divided each uh, it's almost like a small portrait everyone mm-hmm. in this list and we we divided it by presenting them as artists but also presenting the the platform that they've become known to or their preferred platforms and also their tools uh, talk about why we did this uh, distinction be- between these three kind of pillars uh, that's just basically to show, that partly for the reader to understand quite easily, okay, what do these people do? Because sometimes even me writing this, what are they actually doing? There's a lot of new words, there's a lot of techniques, there's a lot of tools and mm. platforms that you might not have heard of. Especially me, I'm not a virtual creative at all. You know, I, I use my laptop to write text, but visually, not at all. So partly it was for me as an editor and for me, I got to understand, you know, who are these people and what's needed for you to do your art and where do you where do you share it? So just a way for us editorially to to showcase these people and what they're doing for, you know, for your grandma or for me or for, I don't want to say your dog, but your friend that doesn't really hang out on the internet, they should understand it too. Right, but it's not only visuals, right? You tapped into different creative fields. Uh, Music, 
Yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. It's some most of these are artists. You know, they're visually creative in a way. But uh, for example, we have uh, Michel Traoré, the co-founder of Another Block. Mm. Uh, and what they do is they make they make a, I, we talked about this on a couple of episodes back when we talked about the music industry and we mentioned uh, another block how new technologies can change that but what they do is you buy parts of your favorite song and then you can get a small small share of your favorite song through an NFT and then as it plays throughout history you'll get some money for it and you're investing in your favorite artist so it's also that you know the platform that's not really a visual artist you're right Eric uh, that's something different it's just people that are kind of using <laughs> NFTs or the Web3 uh, or blockchain or social media to just be creative and, you know, be, build communities and just create. So, yeah, it's way more than just the visual stuff. I love how we're kind of, it's kind of a time capsule we did here. We, we put all these sort of <laughs> digital artists and creatives into a print magazine. We kind of did a similar thing a year ago when we when we launched the the digital fashion issue, which mm. which chronicled kind of everything digital fashion and fashion and gaming, were there some uh, uh, platforms or technologies that that stood out when you think about this that you learned about uh, uh, that was kind of uh, new to you or or you know open your mind somehow? I've uh, what I thought was interesting was kind of uh, what a divider Discord was I, right. in, in my mind. I was like, I'm reaching out to these. Uh, these uh, creatives online, they're all going to be on Discord, right? Because that's what you're reading everywhere. Discord is a new thing. Everyone's on there. Some of these guys are like, no, I never use it. I think it's too complicated. I don't know yeah. how, how to use it, which kind of resembled with me. And some other ones were like, that's my go-to spot. That's where I get all my inspiration. Uh, I think it was interesting to get those contrasts from these people. You know, regardless of age, regardless of what creative field, Discord uh, has really, you know, I've been trying to wrap my head around it for a couple of years now. Um Still not so clear, but yeah. And, and we are still not there as a platform, <laughs> so we'll we'll see about that. Yeah. Uh, Erik Olofsson, uh, I think visually this magazine kind of, you know, springs from this theme. Uh, can you say anything about why it looks the way it looks? Um, yeah, we have a, a very distinct green color this time. Uh, that we, I was sort of, for me, like the starting point of setting the setting the framework it's for part of what this. the er, the early sketches early right. comps yeah, yeah. yeah you got to get the because it's it's it relates to um uh this very uh, bright uh, clean uh, sort of uh, yeah green screen color yeah uh so it relates to to like virtual worlds or like mixing mm. worlds in that sense uh so what we had to do was we had to uh, run uh, run the covers and parts of the magazine twice through the printing press because uh, this RGB color space that, that we were aiming for that is sort of super mm. like it's an electric green color that you, you, you recognize from your screen and, and uh, the, the regular uh, pr- print spectrum couldn't you know, interpret that so we had to uh, uh, physically like buy another can of ink <laughs> like a neon green ink to, to, um, to make that uh, pop in, in, the, in the right way uh, which I think turned out pretty nice Great to hear some some of the the nuts and bolts of, of, of making this. So from this, let's go into uh, the the first of our or or one of our, our, our cover stories. Um, this duo uh, Dang Ho, which you also uh, wrote, interviewed, and wrote, 
Erik Sedin. Uh, why did we decide to uh, profile these guys uh, this big compared to all of the other creatives we have in the magazine? Yeah, so uh, like I said, that in the end we had 12 people in the list, in the virtual creative list. At, at the beginning we had 50, 60, and then we kind of boiled it down. And when uh, these guys, uh, Julia Dang and Mikke Ho, when they came up in the research, everything just kind of clicked in a way. You know, they had a lot of experience with big fashion campaigns. We could see their early stuff. We could mm. see, you know, that they were uh, used to being in front of the camera and uh, behind the camera. Uh, so just visually, it just uh, was just nail on the head. And then as I did my research, Julia, she's an influencer. She has a YouTube account and she's been on the Internet since she was like 13. So it was quite easy to research. I just thought they had a quite interesting story and how they, you know, obviously since they've been online, they've been tapped into virtual culture so long. Yeah. Julia's whole life has been on the internet uh, since she got her first computer. Uh, she's born the same year as me, 95. So uh, really interesting. And then Mickey, uh, the other person, the partner, uh, she's like the creative, uh, the visual genius in this. Uh, and she's like this kind of really laid back, quite shy person. They really contrast each other. And they have, uh, so it's, you know, upwards of almost a million uh, followers across multiple different platforms. Mm. And they feel very, uh, it feels like they're very comfortable working on, you know, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok. Mm. They're kind of all, all over the place. Yeah. What What did you learn when uh, speaking to them about the, the the way they work and the way they tackle uh, uh, these platforms? I remember I remember them saying how they felt they were years ahead of the rest of Scandinavia in their visual identity. Yeah. They said no one can compare to them and I thought it was interesting and then you know as I did my interest my research I I kind of have to agree with them. Uh, and they say it all comes from uh, Southeast Asian culture. Because mm. you know they were like oh South Korea is 10 years ahead, Vogue China is 100 years ahead of what we're doing here in Europe. According to them, that's mm. their words, not mine. And uh, what, how they view aesthetics and how they view fashion and art and just patterns. They would tell me like, oh, you know, we we watched this anime called Bell, and we just saw the intro with like different flowers flying around. And we were like, we have to do a campaign about that. Uh, so people that are into anime and manga or South Asian Southeast Asian culture, I think you can kind of tell also from looking at these pictures that they kind of got this uh, very South Korean vibe going on. Uh, so that was interesting to hear and uh, they were talking about I think I never heard it before you might have it's called like I think it was uh, greyish they talked about they don't like the Scandinavian greyish color palette (laughs) which I guess is beige and grey together yeah 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 and you know if that's what you like maybe you won't like their stuff and this uh, visually at least this uh, this editorial but uh, I remember them saying like that's not what we do other people are great at it we have some, uh, some, some, some plugs and some inspiration sources that none in Sweden have or Scandinavia. Mm. Yeah, but we, uh, we, we unpack that uh, in the Dang Ho starter pack. I, I think it's my favorite page in the whole magazine. On page 62, <laughs> you, can, uh, you, can, uh, you can see all the, all the resources. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, for people that are meme, meme connoisseurs, uh, which I hope everyone is. It's like the classic starter pack meme, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, you take a person or a phenomena, and then you put a little collage underneath with uh, how to describe that person in a starter pack. So uh, yeah, maybe we can share some of the stuff. In it's Need for Speed Two for PlayStation Two. There's Bell, the anime I talked about. There's a Chainsaw Man, another anime, uh, and then all their 
god, they use so many World programs. Of, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft is in there. I particularly like the the kind of Photoshop background, the 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 check the check <laughs> pattern, uh, that uh, the chess pattern. I will say, uh, no, it's, it's a beautiful page. Uh, kind of interpreted tongue in cheek uh, uh, meme ghost print yeah, traditional you know, print honoring uh, early internet culture the virtual culture and from that we when I, when I picked this up and I just flicked through it I was like probably the most beautiful magazine we've done with Scandinavian Mind uh, the fourth issue I just love all the visual stories as well uh, Erik Olofsson can you talk a little bit about the the uh, the visual stories we have one kind of still life story with uh, longtime contributor Niklas Hansen has done this it's it's made by CGI Studio Seek uh, and a couple of fashion stories maybe we start with with uh, with Niklas Hansen's story yeah so it was uh, obvious that we wanted to do a, a interior or like a still life story uh, in in uh, in CGI in some way so mm. I I started to reach out to some 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 creatives, some three uh, D artists and studios to kind of like, hey, you wanna you wanna do something, and they were like, they didn't really get what I what I wanted to do. So like, <laughs> what, like what's, print? What's that? What, what's print? Like, what what are you even talking about? What's <laughs> like editorial um, story? Like, what's what's in it for us? Like, wh- what do you want? What are you, ta- what are you talking about? <laughs> so then we tried. Uh, me and Niklas tried sort of the other way around so Nicholas is a set designer that we worked on on shoots earlier for for many years like you said and he kind of t- owned the project from or took the project from his side and mm. and pitched it to to his uh, uh, his his friends in Copenhagen um, uh, Sigurd and Karolina at, at Seek CGI so and then we kind of got the foot in the door and they were uh, super, super happy to do it. Uh, and what we tried to do with that also was obviously to not only create a, uh, uh, like beautiful uh, uh, object stories with, with objects that exist in, you know, in this world. Mm. Uh, we tried to like in, in different ways uh, do impossible things like well how can we push this a little bit so uh, the main theme is sort of like the objects are balancing in ways that are not possible uh, it sort of defies gravity and we have some uh, some some objects that are you don't know even know what it is it's sort of a, a uh, some like some sort of balloons uh, but it's hard to tell yeah uh, yeah so uh, i think that's that, that turned out really Almost nice. Almost like hand-blown glass somehow. Hand-blown like, yeah. glass, balloon, blob kind of thing. Yeah, I've been meaning to ask, ask actually, because, you know, the, the story, even though it's it's 3D, it's, it's you know, eerily tactile and, and analog in its feel and it's all these woods and so forth. And I know Nicholas has a huge uh, archive of different things. Do you know, has he used his own archive of of uh, you know set design and props to do this or? yeah probably like like from from mood boards yeah for sure uh, and there's a lot of wood a lot of uh, textile a lot of you know iron and then contrast to these you know objects that you don't even know what it is so I think that turned out uh, like a really really nice uh, in a really nice uh, nice way yeah uh, it's also wonderful to see that you kind of can see Nicholas's voice in this even right. though his we're mostly used to seeing him doing physical set design. Yeah. So let's move on to the, the, the two fashion stories 
that we we have uh, uh, published here? Yeah, first we have a, a, a you know photography and 3D mixed story. So and that was um, Rickard Lilja, who's a photographer and, and 3D artist. Uh, and a stylist also Maria Kamnert who who reached out like uh, late last year probably and and wanted to to do something um, based on exactly that mm. how can we like they the the question in their in the intro here to the to the story uh, in print uh, a small uh, a short text on uh, why do we even need to travel anymore doing doing campaigns doing shoots like it's all it's all there, just kind of green screen it all and, yeah. and do whatever you want. So it's that that's kind of the the approach to that, and and uh, and they really, uh, I think they really nailed that uh, in terms of creating uh, stunning, interesting three uh, D worlds uh, combining with a with a with a fashion. Beautiful, beautiful. And then the the last one is from uh, Oscar Julensvad and Amanda Herlin, right? Yeah, and the the innovation in this story is not not so much technical. It's rather innovation in material. Right here we have a curation of of garments that are in in different ways uh produced to be uh, sustainable or to be 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 long lasting or to be recycled recyclable uh, in, in different ways that we that we talk about in our uh, on our transformation conference definitely it feels like it's a kind of a showcase for the transformation conference and many of the the uh, brands like uh, renew cells circulos is is featured here and 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 if you know finnish brands like marimekko and and upcycling brands like like danish divisions it's beautiful beautiful to see yeah and the set design is then made as a like a uh, a sunset or a sunrise so that we we can feel like this is the beginning of an era this is the end of an era you know you mm-hmm. have to produce in this way all right finally we should mention our second cover story an interview i did with a swedish entrepreneur um uh, you know, kind of boy genius Joel Hellermark from Sauna, uh, former uh, Sauna Labs. Um, I'm just going to read the intro because I'm super happy with it. Joel Hellermark was only 19 when he started Sauna, an AI-powered knowledge platform he describes as the Google for companies. Today, at 26, the Swedish entrepreneur runs a 3 billion sec company that is expanding to London and New York. I mean... This was kind of the intro to, to doing this story. I've been fascinated by Ewell for a long time. I was super happy that he um, um, was willing to do this quite long interview. Uh, and it turned out to be super timely. We booked this, I think, early uh, fall. We started having these conversations. And then, of course, in November, ChatGPT blew up. And uh, listeners of this show know uh, <laughs> we've been talking a lot about generative uh, artificial intelligence, and it was it was very interesting to sit down for for a couple of hours with a true expert, uh, and maybe uh, at least you know if, if not in the Sweden and the Nordics, and perhaps even the world's forward-thinking sort of AI. Um, scientists so uh, hopefully uh, we can uh, publish 
some kind of outtake from that conversation in this feed. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go that much into into this this story. Uh, but but maybe we can just go a little bit behind the scenes and talk about the the shoot because we were also able to put, portray Joel in Sana's uh, new uh, headquarters in Stockholm. And Eric, we decided to use Andreas Akerup for this, kind of going in the other opposite direction we've just talked about. He had a different different method of, of shooting. Yeah, he wanted to shoot analog, uh, just <laughs> to kind of give it a well, because because the, the the space is so beautifully designed. Mm. It's, a, it's a stunning, uh, like a d- dream office. Uh, like n- what what uh, what words did they use themselves to describe that? Yeah, yeah. It's it's designed by by the the studio Hallerud uh, uh, architecture duo, famous for for doing many of Acne Studios. Um, and I think it was it's, it's, you know kind of a combination of of some kind of a you know Italian 70s kind of apartment with some kind of Japanese type library very and very analog or very like the whole exactly. sp- they're working with kind of top of top of the line you know cutting edge digital stuff but when you walk in there you feel like you're in some kind of almost like a furniture showroom from something super retro like analog futurism yeah yeah, yeah. did, like did you get the impression that he was style conscious uh, like clothing wise and obviously the office has a lot but maybe that's not him not clothing i mean he's very you know tech uh, bro you know it's not even that i mean the whole, thankfully not that <laughs> so i feel like the whole office had some kind of a scandinavian take on this whole like relaxed tech office it was it was they had some of the kind of um what do you say the the cliches about a tech office is like super relaxed there's like a pool table and and fat boys everywhere and people playing video games and having snacks all the time and you know if you look at some early photos of like facebook offices everyone was walking around in hoodies and so forth i feel like this office has kind of like the same vibe it's very relaxed and he talks about he wants it to kind of feel like an apartment mm. it's some is a place where you kind of just you know hang out and express ideas and they gather in a big kitchen table for lunch to to kind of hang out and share ideas and so that part of it is kind of a, a little bit tech cliche-ish but definitely more uh, stylish and and it felt like a really young crowd i mean obviously you will himself is 26 started the company when he was 18 you know started programming when he was uh, 13 so it feels like he, he represents a, a new generation of of tech entrepreneurs and, and a lot of people i saw there were were probably in the same uh, generation yeah and then we we brought andreas akirup uh, he always comes with a, with a great energy to the to the shoots and I think that will be a good match to to Ewell's personality as well so we did it uh, more like point and, point and shoot style mm. uh, because everything is so beautiful anyway so uh, <laughs> let's just let's just go bring the energy in uh, yeah I think that worked uh, perfectly and it kind of goes goes together with Ewell's personality and I'm not going to do the interview justice in, in just a few minutes and it's it's probably the longest piece I've ever written it's uh, and you know we publish only about half of the conversation but still I think it's like you know 40,000 characters or something we get into this whole situation with AI where he thinks it's going and even though he's quite uh, forward thinking and you know, ultimately, he says at, at some point that he doesn't feel like there's anything uh, intrinsically unique about the human mind or the human experience. It's not it, it's it's in his mind, it's something we will be able to reproduce in a synthetic or digital setting. 
but but uh, what I loved about uh, doing this 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 profile, and which I think I think we we managed to convey in the story, is that he's got very human centric approach to it and that's he's, he talks about how when he was very young in like early teens he wanted to augment human intelligence that's what what he's aiming for that's why he's into this that's kind of his drive he wants to make human intelligence uh, better through these uh, mm. technologies yeah it was a great great read and you can tell he you know despite his age he's kind of an AI pioneer he's been there since the start I guess uh, absolutely and you can you know obviously it's it's worth uh, three billion sec now or two two point eight or something and after you know having I didn't quite understand what they did to be honest before I started working on this <laughs> but I now have the sense that you know big why these big VC companies are going into this is of course if there's even a remote possibility that sauna can become uh, you know, somewhere near the new Google or the new Microsoft, the new ChatGPT, uh, there is obviously huge uh, opportunity there. All right, guys, I think we're going to have to wrap this up. Uh, you know, it was great sitting down to just have kind of the, 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 the first or second flick through of the magazine together with you guys. There are, of course, other things happening in this issue. We have... Uh, of course, a series of transformation portraits, which we always do in the beginning uh, of the magazine. Uh, a, a wonderful collection of personalities from all over the Nordics. We're also launching a preview of our the State of uh, Beauty Innovation uh, report, which our colleague Johan Magnusson has uh, worked very hard on. But but we'll we'll get him on the podcast and we'll talk more dedicatedly about that. And there's also some wonderful guides and news stories and lists that are a selection of our online content that, that makes makes the makes it way into um, the print the print uh, edition. So I promised a little gift to our uh, listeners at the end of the show. We released these on Friday. So next Wednesday, May 3rd, we will have a launch party of this issue in central Stockholm together with our dear friends at Picture This Gallery. So I think we can at least we can we can promise five, maybe ten seats for our our podcast listeners. So if you want to visit us, get your hands on a free copy, uh, mingle with us in the editorial team. Um, what the heck? Email me directly, Conrad at ScandinavianMind.com, and I'll set you up with a spot on the list. The first five definitely gets in. Uh, we 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 may be able to do more. Let's say ten. Come on. Let's Come say on. ten. All right. <laughs> uh, this has been wonderful. Um, thank you, Eric Olofsson, a creative director. His yearly appearance should be more, right? It's what? like yeah, it's like therapy. <laughs> yearly therapy session. It's it's virtual creativity therapy session, <laughs> and of course, Eric Sedin, our 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 regular on the show. Uh, thank you so much. Don't forget to sign up to our newsletter. Visit scandinaviamind.com slash newsletter not to miss out on this content when it rolls out online. And also, of course, uh, visit scandinaviamind.com to, to order your copy of issue four. All right, that's it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.